0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle, my co-host, Rachel Santizo. And, Rachel, what's really cool about Odyssey House Journals is when people speak, we listen. Our most recent episode, we featured a guy who had 11 DUIs, three felonies, and he avoided nine years in prison by going to long-term treatment and is now successful in the community. Some of our responses were, this guy should be arrested and go to prison, Mm. right? After 11 DUIs in various communities. So we have two cops here to arrest him. Is that why they're here?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, that is exactly (laughs) why they're here. (laughs) We're gonna
0: gonna track down the guy. You guys brought handcuffs, right?
1: Actually, they're here to arrest you. Oh,
0: well, I deserve to have been arrested many times. Can you introduce us to our guest?
1: Sure, I would love to. So this is Glenn and Dave, and I met Dave. Dave walked into the doors of FTR out in Utah County, and I haven't gotten rid of them since. And what I mean by that is that... Not
0: because you're in trouble.
1: Right, no. Okay. And what I mean by that is that they are incredible. Like, I am the number one fan of Orem PD. They, um, they show up, they support, they're all about the resources and they truly care. And so these two gentlemen helped me change a narrative of us versus them type thing. And so I'm so honored that they are here today. And we should,
0: people watch this all over the world, believe it or not, she has a boyfriend in, in Russia who, who watches every time. So, so we should explain that Orem is a community south of Salt Lake City in a in a different county what 35 miles 30 miles from yeah. from salt lake city yeah so and, and it's a smaller community than salt lake city but it's one of the fastest growing areas in the country Yes. so and you guys are part of a mental health unit right Correct. what does that mean because rachel described an us versus <laughs> them mentality yes with people dealing with addiction which is what we're associated
2: with so so what does that entail what what does that entail first off let me put a plug-in for fit to recover because they're awesome they join us they've come to our events they support us we can't get rid of them I think is a problem uh, I've worked out with Rachel you want a good workout she's gonna kick your butt I'm sorry she's gonna she's in Um, good shape (laughs) she is so great for them it's been a lot of fun. Let
0: me interrupt for a sec Fit to Recover just for those of you who don't know is an organization started out as the as Utah's only sober gym Mm -hmm. and it's growing really fast around the state and tons of people who are in recovery Come to fit to recover, thinking physical fitness is an important part of recovery. So, I didn't mean to interrupt nope, you. you. You're okay. good.
2: So, yep, and I'll, I'm going to put another plug too that I'm a crier, and Sarge knows here that I'm a crier, and I'm going to try my best sure. not to cry today. We, so, we mental have health. I didn't bring you <laughs> <Go ahead>. Me- <laughs> mental health, what do we do? We we are a mental health team. There's two detectives, there's a victim's advocate, there's the sergeant, um, and some other individuals that work with us. So, we, we reach out to individuals who suffer. Whatever illness they may have, whether that's depression and we have mental health concerns, whether that's um, a a diagnosis of sorts, like maybe we've got people with bipolar or borderline personality or whatever the case, anything that drives somebody um, to have an episode where they feel like taking their life or where they feel like harming harming themselves or harming others, anything along those lines, our job is to reach out to these individuals get them in touch with people that can help a lot of times that's part of the problem is they don't know where to go they don't know who to reach out to who to help Um, a lot of other stuff that we do too with ORM as well is special needs individuals so there's a lot of autism there's a lot of um, especially nowadays right so we have different things that we do different responses so that we can get again resources to these individuals maybe parents just don't know Right, We're the lifeline. They call us. There's a, there's a crisis. They don't know what to do. They're calling us. We're showing up. We're always going to show up. And so our job is to try to get these individuals directed to someone, somewhere that can help. And we have a large array of different people that we work with um, and all of that. So, and, and those special needs, too, they include elderly folks. Right, We've got a lot of dementia out there. And so we come up with these different responses and plans on how do we help these individuals, not just with us because we're mental health, but, but as a department too with, with all of our patrol officers as well.
0: What, uh, how, how would you deal specifically, since, since this podcast deals with addiction and recovery, how would you deal with somebody who was, like say you come across somebody who seems to be uh, high or strung out on, on say meth or heroin, how, how would you deal with that? I mean, the, the first inclination is to arrest somebody. Is what it used to be, right?
2: Right. So, And like Rachel said, too, we're trying to, to change that a little bit. Because what what does the arrest do? Now, arrests are good. I'm not going to say they're not, right? Because now we get an individual off the street, away from the drugs, away from the substance, whether that's in the jail or incarcerated for a period of time. And then we try to get back out in touch with them. And, and honestly, a lot of the areas that we try... Some people just don't want the help. And that's the hard part. How do we, how do we get a mindset change for that individual to want the help? Um, there's been plenty now of houses. You. We, we ask that yeah. question all the time. Right. Yeah. We, and that's, it comes to the individual. But our job is to get in touch with them and tell them that there's hope, that there's somewhere to go, that there's people who understand, that have lived it, that have been in it, that have walked that life, and they're there to help you without judgment without anything other than the simplicity of caring and so yeah we've reached out I've I've had individuals we we take them to the hospital because they've attempted to overdose on whatever substance that was I go back out I meet with them and I and I say hey we have a great place fit to recover and they get it and you can go there but you got to go if I got to drive you there, I'll drive you there. Really? Whatever the case, I've, I've offered people rides numerous times to get them to go, because going is an addiction. I'm addicted. I went once I'm going again, right? One time? Because Rachel, you get you're there.. Addicting people. But this environment is, is amazing. And once you get there and these people can see that there's something else, and you can fill that void. That's where it starts. Then the journey starts.
0: Have Both of you been to Fit to Recover? I mm-hmm. have not yet, so I have Well, I, you
2: need it more. I, than I know. Messages. I do. Look at Come me. On, <laughs> so I'll no, I <laughs> I uh,
3: I haven't been able to go down and make a workout yet. Um, I've met Rachel, dealt with her on our uh, PR side um, at some of our events and different things. I've referred several people down to Fit to Recover, um, and I think I think the big thing for for me is. It, uh, as us as a as a mental health unit, is we take a little bit different look at someone, um, there is you know the cr- the criminal side of stuff, but there's also the human side, and so if we can get in touch with that human side and help them in any way, uh, we'll try to do it. So
1: i want to ask both of you, why do you do what you do?
0: Yeah, wouldn't it be easier just mm-hmm. to slap some yeah. handcuffs on it, take somebody to yeah. jail? And- write the report and say mm-hmm. we're done and move on
1: yeah there's so much care from you guys yeah. why
2: that I don't know that's the question why do you want to be a cop I don't know I don't I don't have a great answer other than I care and it seems to be what I do it seems to be what I'm good at I don't know why I'm good at that good at. you can ask family and friends and they're like he's gonna say he's good at talking well no he's not He's quiet. He sits at his home. He doesn't want to do anything all day. People need help, and they need to know that people care, and I care. How that came about, I don't know. I've been in the mental health field for a long time, and I just it just draws me back. So I'm probably never going to leave it.
0: Good. Rachel brought up the fact, and, and it's it, this is going to be a slow process, and kudos to you guys because you care and you're trying to change the image of of policing uh, to to more for caring, not just arresting people. And 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 people in the addiction community still look upon you guys as like the enemy. And 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 so what you're doing is going to be a slow process, don't you think? But but it's having
3: impact. Yeah, I think I think uh, I mean I've been in law enforcement for 17 years, and uh, and I you know I. I think I have a little bit different view on, I look at the, try to look at the human side of people and, you know, I have family members have been, you know, had addiction problems and stuff like that. And so I think that everybody has. Um, And so looking at that from that aspect, I've had, you know, uh, females from when I was a two year officer come up and say, you know, you, you, you'll never know the change you made in my life. Wow. And, I'll, and I'll say, I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, no, one time at a party, you came in and you, you know, you guys were busting a party and you pulled me aside and you told me, hey, look, you're better than this, you know, you, 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 and you started me off on the right path. And so that to me is seeing the change in people um, and seeing them go from the the lowest of the low, you know, to, to begging for money on the side of the street for their addiction problems, to uh, you know, running a business. Um, we we actually work with a company in in Orem. The business owners uh, have a history of, of drug addiction, and they are some of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, and they are one hundred percent pro police now. Um, they've they've been in jail. They've been you know they've they've done their their routes through stuff, but to see them change from addicts all the way to successful business owners is just, it's amazing. It's amazing.
2: People aren't, people aren't the drugs that control them. People aren't the mental episode that they're going through. People aren't psychotic because they're in a psychotic break. People are people. And if we can see them as such, that's when we can start to help. And hopefully they can feel it from us because I'm not looking at you for the crime that you committed. I'm not looking at you for the substance that you're on. I'm looking at you as a, as a person. You are a person, you're human. We all have struggles, we all have things, but if we can get past those and see beyond what that outer wall looks like and get inside, that's when we can start touching people and helping.
0: We, we try to uh, push that in Odyssey all the time, that you are not your addiction. You're, you're a human being deep down inside and like if you, you know, you had domestic incidents with your family or something while you were high, that's not really who you really are. I'm glad you guys see through that. Uh, it's not just a bad person, it's a person with problems. Right. That's, and that's tough to, when you guys must be out on calls, that, that must be a tough call to make. I mean, do they call you, uh, say in, a, in a, somebody, Attempting to die by suicide or something like that they call you out. How do you how do you get called out? And what do you wear when
2: you go out? Do you wear uniforms or plain clothes? Most well, of the time I'm in uniform um, We can dress like we are so it's, it's a soft uniform or upstairs. We're not always outside even outside. It's fine um, the, when the calls come in patrol take most of the calls They're gonna be the ones arriving on scene first and they train for that. We have trainings for that They're not just walking in blind and and whatever um, They'll call me I get plenty of phone calls throughout the day from patrol. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about this thing that's going on? Or can you come out? Can you come talk to this individual and get a different perspective? Because we we see things, in my mind, a little bit different. I think we have to than just your standard, oh, I'm going to go deal with this guy again today. (laughs) No, we're going to go try to keep breaking down that barrier to see what it is they're going through so we can start getting them some help. Most of the time, the calls come in through dispatch, and then we go from there.
1: You guys also do what I notice about you guys is you do a lot of community events, like, you do do a lot for um, for like my grandson's on the spectrum, so I've supported that. Um, you also do reading in the park, like, you guys go out and do a lot of events. Why are these events important? Why do you do that?
3: I think the <clears throat> the outreach programs or community oriented policing. And that's, that's my title is the the sergeant over community oriented policing, um, is, is really about the community. It's, it's getting out there among the citizens and, and letting them see the fun side or (laughs) the softer side, the human side side of the police officers. Um, you know, we have a, we have a one officer who's a Polynesian guy and he's, you know he's six foot four and and two hundred and something pounds and
0: a linebacker in BYU yeah, yeah and
3: and to see him play volleyball you know with a bunch of kids or uh or to pick up a child that uh, you know after a house fire or something and and to see that's the human aspect of I think it's important for the public to see that and so the more the more outreach we can do the more uh you know set up it may sound stupid but set up a canopy and and a table and chairs and hand out some stickers or hand out some you know some little squishy toys or something you know anything to get the kids hey climb in my cop car and look at it and feel it and see how it is and you know see where i have a radar and all this stuff and and to allow them to see the human aspect that you know you get into my patrol vehicle when i had one i don't have one anymore but when when you get into my patrol vehicle there's a picture of my family there um and that is that's important for them to see that you're just like me the only difference is you have a different job than what i do um and and i think that that's what we there's a big there was a for a time there was i think it's getting better. For a time, I think there was a big disconnect between law enforcement and their communities, Mm -hmm. and I think I think law enforcement in general is making a a a big leap to try to patch those patch those uh, lines of communication. But we're we're doing everything we can on our side. I mean, we have so many events that we do every year, and we're doing new ones all the time. We're doing one in October uh, that's uh, called Faith in Blue, Um, the national. It's a nation- nationwide one, and where we meet with faith-based leaders, and we're going to hit different uh, church organizations and groups. We're going to come in uniform, and we're going to attend their church services in uniform. And uh, we're also doing a barbecue, and we're going to invite every person of every faith to come and hang out and you know, play games. And, and I think to, to, in order for them to see us as—it uh, helps my officers as well to see them as humans— but it also helps them to see us as humans. And, and maybe if I can make that connection at a tent in a carnival, uh, one day shaking hands, and then the next day I go to their house because they're holding the gun to their head, um, maybe they'll recognize me and I'll be able to break that barrier and be able to save someone. So I think that that's, uh, that's kind of the, the whole we're all together. We all Everybody's together. And we need to rely upon each other. That's a
0: beautiful philosophy. Do you think? And you said you think things are because for a while uh, things were pretty dicey between the public and, and the police. Uh, you think things are improving? I I think they are. I think the
3: I think the I mean we we come from a smaller community, hundred thousand people, um, and we've we've had a really good relationship all the time with the community it's getting it but i think we're making strives to make it sh- even stronger but i think even your larger agencies across the nation um like new the this faith and blue thing the reason that we jumped into it is is uh is because new york city is going to do it <laughs> and uh that's huge you know to see these big agencies reach out and try to to reach out to their communities and and have a little bit of that human aspect come through um it's i, I think we'll it it will pay off in dividends down the road not only maybe maybe you know some guy's ticked off and he wants to punch the cop that's trying to arrest him but he turns around and he sees him and he recognizes him and now we don't have a fight. I saw you in you church know. last Sunday. Yeah, you, you know you never you never know. I mean, <laughs> we we had a we we had a few officers show up at a barbecue last week and and the pastor happens to be our chaplain and the the people at the barbecue got all nervous because all the here comes six police officers and they're who's gonna they're coming here to arrest someone who are they gonna arrest and everybody's starting to kind of get fidgety and he says no they're just coming to eat lunch just coming to eat with you guys you know so i to be able to have that that interaction is important
0: i think one of the i i've got to take responsibility for this as well i think the media is is partially to blame for the rift between the public and the police because for instance and I worked for those of you don't know I worked in TV for like 40 years and and you put yourself in our position we weren't putting ourselves in your position but let's say there's an incident in one city where police officers shoot and kill somebody who's fleeing from them who ends up to be on the autism spectrum or something like that versus you guys at a community fair handing out squishy toys, obviously the media is going to play up the episode where the police shot and killed somebody. Sure. And so, and, and, and stories like you guys going out to community fairs or going to church don't get publicity. So, I mean, how do you, I mean honestly, how do you, I and mean, I, I, I have thick skin and I don't work in the media anymore, but, but how do you guys feel about the media and media coverage of police-community relations?
2: You can I, be honest. I don't watch it. You don't? I don't watch news. I don't want to know. I do. I don't want to see all the bad that, that's well, out there. because right. Which is what the media,
0: the hype, I, you know. I, I, see,
2: just, I see enough of the bad on my own, and I have my own views and my own problems. But if I don't let that stuff affect me, the negative, then I can keep my own positive out, outlook on life. We have great, we're in a great community. There's a lot of positive stuff that goes on in Orem. There's a lot of businesses. There's a lot of people who care that are out there, and they're not getting recognition either. Sure. And they're not doing it for recognition. I'm not doing it for recognition. So if I just let the, the negative stay where it is, it's not going to affect me. And I can keep my own positive aspect, and I can just keep my own view to it and not worry about what, ev- what everybody else is saying.
0: You were going to say you watched the news. Yeah, Yeah, I like to be informed.
3: Just kidding. He doesn't. Um, He's putting his head in the sand. I'm relying on him. (laughs) No, I think, uh, you know, anytime, you know, media, media companies in general, they have a, they have a business and what sells sells and, you know, we're inherently, as human beings, we want to see this stuff that's, whoa, look at that, you right. know? Right. Um, and so that stuff does get publicized more, yeah. and it's going to. It. In some ways, it's actually beneficial, I think, in the law enforcement community because it does, sometimes, it, you know, it does force change um, among the law enforcement community to, it, you, you brought up, uh, you know, they, they shot an autistic person um okay that, that you know that that's an awful tragedy however i can tell you from the law enforcement side that completely changed how departments look at their mental health trainings and how they teach their officers to deal with autistic people and how i mean i we had a little autistic girl that was was missing you know in the middle of the night cold weather nothing but her pjs on she'd walked out the door mom and dad had no idea nonverbal um, but we were able to locate her through our mental res- mental health response plans and in her name screen says you know she doesn't like loud noises so I have to call fire to come check her out paramedics to come check her out please don't come lights and sirens please come quiet because I don't want to upset her so I think we're, we're evolving law enforcement in general is involved evolving into we we there's more out there than just that guy's being an a-hole, you know, or that guy's acting out, or that guy's, you know, maybe there's something behind that. Maybe there's, maybe there's a mental health issue, or maybe there's an addiction issue, or mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you don't know what that is, but if you take two seconds and just think, how can I address this and de-escalate it and work through it calmly and get them calmed down, then we, we have less incidents, I believe.
1: I think um, on top of that amongst all the other things one of my favorite things is when you invited us to the training I don't know exactly what it was for but it was like an Academy training and they brought resources in so all the police officers had to go around to each table to learn about the different resources in the area that was probably one of my favorite events
2: Yep, and that was new it was part of our crisis intervention training that all of our officers have to go through but most other agencies send people through that and so this was a new thing it was the first time we did it it was at the graduation ceremony Classes done I can try to throw resources at you all day long and a lot of the feedback we've got through a numerous activities that we've done our autism fair that we had in April was bring the resources to us instead of me sitting to try to say hey I've got 12 different things here you go I brought those 12 things down and that's what Cameron did Cameron and I work on that right we bring we bring them, so now the officers get to go meet what we're talking right. about and who we're talking about, and then they've got the information firsthand and can de- decide then how they take it back to their agency and how they're going to use it.
1: Uh, yeah, I asked SWAT to do a burpee challenge, but they were scared. So, <laughs> <that's> mm-hmm. <fine. laughs> yeah, so would I be? I, uh, <laughs> I mean, would have liked to see that yeah. one. <laughs> we're, we're almost out
0: of time. Uh, I, I, what it's boiling? I, I'm hearing from you guys, and kudos to you guys is you're talking about one-on-one connections It's basically what it boils down to and the fact that you guys are human beings like we are and like the person out on the street is and if you can connect that way it works a lot more peacefully
2: yep I agree
0: yeah so who came up with this brilliant idea he did, what?
2: No. He, did. <laughs> he did
0: way to go uh, and, and you're changing perceptions about police, which is which is why we're interested in having you on a podcast that deals with people who are dealing with addiction, mm-hmm. because we actually brought some police officers into some of our residential houses, and it was like, you know, everybody sits there, you know, do you judge me because I have tattoos all over my face, that kind of stuff, so sure. it was good. You guys are doing great work, thank you for coming. Thanks for having, yeah, Thanks thank for having us. So thank you so much. Thank you for inviting them, Rachel. You're welcome, Randall. They didn't have to arrest anybody, and they spread goodwill. That's yeah, great. Yeah, they let me arrest them. <laughs> we haven't them, left yet. <laughs> 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 Thank you for being here, and thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.